We're going to be in uh, Acts chapter 6 and beginning tonight. I have, um, in the course of years in the ministry, I've participated in a number of um, ordination services, and I've obviously was in the ordination service when I was ordained, and I personally, and I'll cover this when I get into the message, I personally do not... uh, subscribe to a lot of the traditions that are around ordination services. One of them is that often churches uh, will have area pastors to come in and form like an ordination council and quiz the candidates and things of that nature. It's typical. We've never done that here. And the reason is because in the Bible it was a church that appointed or called or ordained or voted for deacons and voted for pastors. It wasn't uh, any kind of a council or anything. That may not seem like a big deal to you, but I just believe the, the Lord gave the authority to churches, you know, to, to recognize in their own church people that um, would be a fit for ministry needs. And so, so when you take and compare what um, many of us have seen in ordination services to what's in the Bible, there these, there's some noticeable differences, and we'll, we'll point out some of those things as we go through it. So we're going to just study some things in the Bible having to do with ordaining. And uh, we're going to start in Acts chapter 6 where we have the recognition of the need for some help in the church uh, to assist the apostles in caring for the needs of the church. And so... We're going to read these verses, uh, and I'm going to ask you to stand, if you're able to stand, for the reading of the Scripture in Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows, the Grecian widows, were neglected in the daily ministration. And we've covered this back before we called some deacons out and voted on some deacons. We talked about the background of this, uh, the difference in the Grecian. They were Grecian were Hebrews as well, but they had a Grecian background, Hellenistic background. And the Jews were just those who were raised in Jerusalem, and that's all they knew. So they got this, this tension or conflict. Verse 2 says, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables, which is, has to do with the word of being a servant, diakonos. We could do this, but it just doesn't make sense for us to do this. Wherefore, verse 3, brethren, look Ye out among you, talking to the church, look ye out among you, seven men of honest report, have a good reputation, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, the business being of taking care of this 
uh, conflict or tension with these neglected widows. Verse 4, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, the congregation, and they, the congregation, chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, seven people, whom they set, the congregation, set them before the apostles. These are our these are the men that we chose. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight, and as we open the scriptures, we just want to ask you, Lord, that you'd open our eyes Lord, just guide us in the truth, and as a church, we want to be uh, do our business as closely related to the Word of God as we can, and so we, we ask you, Lord, that you just show us uh, the important matter of the church, selecting servants, choosing servants to meet specific needs in the church. And we just thank you for the simplicity, God, of your plan, and yet for the power of it. We thank you for it. We marvel at the way you work, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So what we have before us is really the ordination of the first deacons. They were chosen, as I emphasized just reading through that text in Acts chapter 6, they were chosen by the church and they were to be appointed. That's the word in the, in the last part of verse 3, that we may appoint over this business. They would be appointed to this position. Just, um, I'm going to be doing more of a Bible study tonight, but if you'd hold your finger right here in Acts chapter 6 and go to the book of Titus uh, for just a moment. And we'll be looking at several passages tonight. And because I think it's important that we have a biblical understanding of what it means to ordain and how it takes place. Um, we read in verse um, 3 there of Acts 6 that they would be appointed to this business. In Titus chapter 1 and verse 5, I want to read just one verse at this time. It says, Paul is writing to Titus and he says, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Now, what I find very interesting is that the word ordain here in Titus 1, 5 translates from a Greek word, and it's a great translation, it's an accurate translation. But the same word is translate, that's translated ordain in Titus 1, 5 is, ordain, is, is uh, translated as a point in Acts 6, 3, which tells me these things are synonymous, appointing them, placing them, 
ordaining them. That's what it means. So, so they chose them and they put them in their place, put them, set them in their position. And then, of course, in Acts 6, they laid hands on them and prayed, which is customary, but it's not always in the Scripture. If you look at the Scriptures, there's sometimes that laying on of hands was associated with ordination. Sometimes it wasn't. And the laying on of the hands was not their ordination. Laying of the hands was a request for God's blessing upon them, but the ordination was when the church selected them, when the church appointed them. And if you look at, and that's what we're going to do tonight, just take a kind of a, a brief look at the word ordain or uh, in the Bible. Um, it's only used about 20 times. And what it means is, it means to ordain. It kind of sounds like order. It means to order or to place or to appoint or to choose. So let me, let me give you another example. Go to Matthew chapter 3. I'm excuse me, Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. Hope you're going to use your Bible and look these places up and maybe even underline some places or go back to it later to look at it. But Mark chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14, it says, And he, talking about Jesus, Mark chapter 3, 13. And he goeth up into a mountain and called unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. So this was an ordination that he ordained twelve. There wasn't a ceremony there. So how did he ordain them? He chose them. That's, that's really what ordaining means. It means they've been chosen. Uh, here Jesus chose them. Now if you go to Luke chapter 6. Let's look at this together. Luke chapter 6. This is talking about the same incident, and that is Jesus selecting the twelve. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 13 it says, And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he called, named apostles. Now this is very interesting to me, because both incidents are talking about the same thing. In one word he used ordain, the other word he used chosen. And you say, well, which one is it? It's both. Ordain is to choose. To ordain is to choose. It's to select. It's to place somebody. And uh, so go now, if you would, to the book of Acts, back to the book of Acts, and we'll look at a place where they were ordaining um, some spiritual leaders. Acts chapter 14. And verse 23. This is near the end of the first missionary journey that Paul and Barnabas have been on. And they've, they've had great success, but they've had some real opposition. And, the, and earlier in the chapter, in verse 8, at Lystra... There was a man that was um, healed, a cripple, who'd never walked, and he was healed. And then there was some fallout from that. And then down in verse 19, 
some Jews from Antioch and Iconium came and turned the people against Paul, and Paul was stoned and left for dead. And so all these things are happening in this first missionary journey. And after that, uh, they begin to revisit some of the places where they had been. And let's just look in verse 22, Acts 14, 22. It says, uh, let's look at 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many people, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, the places where they had had success but also great persecution. They returned to those places. And this is what they were doing there, verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples In other words, helping them be established in the faith, confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. Now, there's a lot about this that's just really worth thinking about, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. But think about the ministry of Paul. He's going from town to town. He's preaching the gospel. Sometimes they would only be there for days, sometimes for weeks, on rare occasions for as long as a year. So he's, they've seen some disciples made. People are studying the Bible. So they're making like a circuit, and they've been to different places. Now they're going back and revisiting them, We don't know what the time frame was. But when they revisited them, they led the church to ordain elders or pastors. Those churches then were organized and and a pastor was put in place and Paul went about his business. I mean, that's so different than we think about today, isn't it? It's so contrary. We think about, you know, churches having to spend... You know, we've supported church planters, our church has, uh, for two different men in America that were uh, spent seven years starting a church, and we supported them, and then finally they organized. But Paul was organizing churches in a matter of weeks and months. It's an amazing thing, and it? it's truly amazing to behold. But this was the pattern of the New Testament. But it says in verse there, in verse... Um, 23, when they had ordained them elders in every church. Now, they they established these leaders in the church. And when it says a very interesting pronoun is the pronoun they in verse 23. When they had ordained them elders in every church. And I used to always think that meant that the apostles who had unusual apostolic authority would have ordained these elders But now I'm thinking really it was the congregation. That was the pattern that's already been established. The congregation is choosing people that they want to be their pastor. And that's the way it's always been. And um, so these churches were started as a result of the evangelistic work of Paul and those who traveled with him. But they're now leading them to call pastors and and establish pastors. Now, um, I'm... I'm just trying to really look at what the Bible says about ordaining because I want to believe what the Bible believes and do what the Bible says. And the word there, ordained, and if you're, uh, if you're a person who likes to study words, you might notice this or underline it and make a note here. 
But if you take that word, ordain, now we've already said that it's used synonymously with choose and appoint. Different words translated as ordain. And I'm not trying to confuse you by, I'm just trying to really look at what the Bible says. But this word ordained here in verse 23, I looked up two different sources to see just the definition like Strong's Concordance and, and uh, other uh, reference books. And it says this, the word ordain is defined as to vote by raising your hand. Isn't that a, some, an interesting thing? It wasn't a ceremony. It wasn't laying on hands. The or, when they ordained them, these churches voted to ordain or choose a pastor, to elect a pastor. And I'm going to give you another confirmation, another example of this. This, this word that's translated in verse 23 is ordain. I want to go show you another place that word is translated, and that is in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And here was an incident where uh, an offering was being received to help uh, saints that were struggling and need and the various churches were collecting funds to help them. And the language we're going to look at has to do with who would take this offering. And so... If you look in, uh, let's see, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and look in verse, um, verse 16. We'll just read a few verses to get to the place we want to be. But thanks be to God which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. For indeed he accepted the exhortation, but being more forward of his own accord, he went with you. And we have sent with him, with Titus, the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. He's recognized through all the churches, has had a good testimony, verse 19. And not that only, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us with this grace, that grace being an offering, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. And the point I want to make has to do with verse 19 where it says, who was chosen of the churches. The word translated there as chosen is the exact same Greek word that's translated as ordain in Acts chapter 14. So you compare, you know, if A equals B and B equals C, then A must equal C. Is that right? Do I need to go back over that again? Do y'all like math equations? And the point being, the word ordain, any way you look at it, it's not a ceremony. It's a, it's a church choosing those that the church believes are to serve in a specific place. That's, in, that's exactly what the word ordain means. And the church is voted, they ordained or voted to send this brother to travel. And it, well, he wasn't in a spiritual it wasn't a deacon or a pastor. He was just being chosen by the church for a special task. And um, back to, I don't know if you even saved your place at Acts chapter 14, but after they, they chose these elders in every church, it said they prayed with fasting and commended them to the Lord and on whom they believed. That's, that, what that basically means is 
Paul had been here. People had been saved. He left. They're continuing to grow. They're studying the scriptures. Disciples are being made. He comes back and visits them, leads them to have a choice, choose some qualified people to be leaders in that church. He commended them to the Lord, which means basically he turned them over to God. He committed them to the Lord and went on his way. That's a really amazing thing, isn't it? Um, Paul had a great... Paul had a great confidence in the gospel and in people who sincerely received the gospel. By the way, he got it from Jesus. Because Jesus turned the task of world evangelization over to 12 men, one of which was a traitor, and the leader of which had hoof and mouth disease. He kept putting his foot in his mouth, Peter, and And Jesus turned the whole process of reaching the gospel with the world to those people. Isn't that an amazing thing? So when I see what Jesus did, it makes sense that Paul would do the same thing. He met them, they they got converted, they started studying the Bible. He led them to help them, uh, for them to vote on someone to be their pastor. And then he went on his way. So in the Bible... If you were to take just the Bible and look at the subject of ordination, I've said this numerous times, but I say it again, it's not a ceremony, it's the simple act of a church choosing or appointing men to a ministry. And that's what we've done for these four men that uh, we'll pray over, pray for here in a little bit, but... But, the, but, but that praying over them is really not the ordination. The ordination is when the church said, these are the men we want. That is the ordination. It's the church choosing. It's a vote of a church to appoint a man or men to a position of deacon or pastor, whatever the case might be. So I don't want to really throw a wrinkle in things because I, I want us to have a prayer tonight. But when we voted some weeks ago to elect deacons, that vote was the ordination that just takes a lot of the joy out of it doesn't it it's kind of melodramatic now isn't it when the church votes by the way this this is not what normally people think of when it comes to an ordination but it's it's the simplicity of it testifies to the authority that God gave his churches. That's why we don't, we're not a part of uh, organized fellowships. We fellowship with people, but we don't have officers or organized. Sometimes when I get together with my friends that are pastors and they come here for a preaching conference, I'll, I'll say to them, tonight we're going to elect officers. They know I'm just being funny, but we don't have officers. We, they're individual, independent churches that fellowship together. But there's no authority outside for doing God's word outside the local church. We believe that very strongly. Let's go back to a place we were a moment ago, Titus chapter 1. First and second Timothy, Titus. Titus chapter 1. By the way, if you look at the end of Titus, I said Titus 1, but go to the very end of Titus and look at the the 
comment about the book itself. It was written to Titus, written by Paul. It was written to Titus. Notice this comment. Ordained the first bishop of the church of the Cretans from Nicopolis of Macedonia, um, a city that sits upon the Aegean Sea. I'm trying to think of the name of it now. It's slipping my mind. But anyway, so Titus was a pastor. He was ordained, he was chosen, selected the first bishop of the church of the Cretans. So if you go to chapter 1 of Titus, let's read again. We read it a moment ago in verse, we read verse 5, but let's read 4 and 5. To Titus, Paul writes, to Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete. Crete is, um, you might be familiar with it, but it's one of the larger islands in the Mediterranean Sea. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, the things that are lacking, the things that are left undone, that thou wouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain Elders in every city as I had appointed thee. So Titus was an ordained pastor, but Paul left him here to work with the churches on the island and get more order about the churches. And they would have they would select pastors. Pastors or elders, the words are refer to the same office. They would be ordained in every city. And again, the word ordain is the same word as appoint. So I thank God for, again, for the simplicity of this. I thank, I thank God for the uh, uh, agreement in the scriptures about what ordination is. It is a church choosing. It's a church voting. It's a church uh, selecting. And just to make, just again, for, for many of you, this may not even make much difference because you've never even been a part of an ordination service or you've never really thought much about it and you may not think it matters. But there are things about it that do matter. For instance, it's very typical, and I mentioned this when we were talking about deacons, it's very typical in some church circles when someone is ordained as a deacon, they're ordained a deacon for life. It's a life, it's a life sentence. <laughs> it's a lifetime commitment. And I've seen this firsthand where people who were ordained deacons in another church would come to our church and assume that they would be deacons here. But that's not taught in the Bible. Deacons, and by the fact, any ordination is not a lifetime. It's an appointment by a church at a specific time for a specific need. And um, another thing that's... that's um, not biblical is preachers who are ordained to preach you know when I was ordained and um, I, I was ordained by the church that I was a member of before coming here with brother Murray and I came here as an assistant to him but the church there ordained me but what they ordained me to was the gospel ministry Nowhere in the Bible did anybody get ordained to the gospel ministry. People are ordained to become pastors. I wasn't coming here as a pastor. I was coming here as 
is a youth director. <laughs> right, Kim? And I, and I, but, the, but that's what churches do, and I'm not knocking that church. I'm glad they, you know, put their hand of approval on me to come here and serve. I was 23 years old. But the point is, you don't, nobody ever got ordained to the gospel ministry. People were ordained as pastors or deacons. People get called by God to the gospel ministry. And that, I believe that call is a lifetime call. But, but being a pastor of a specific church is not a, a permanent ordination. Um, I already mentioned the fact that ordination councils often are made up of pastors from outside churches. And, the, and there's nothing like that in the Bible. It just doesn't exist. And I, I want to tell you where some of this error leads. There's an overemphasis on ordination. And I'm going to give you an example of it. I didn't even know this, this kind of thing existed until some years ago. But there, there are those who believe, and I know them because I've talked to them about it. They believe that in order for baptism to be legitimate baptism, it, you have to be baptized by an ordained person. By, in other words, you have ordination papers so you can baptize. And um, so I, I challenged that with some pastors and friends. And you, if I called their names, you would, you would know. Some of you would know them. But a person's authority to baptize is not, doesn't come from a piece of paper. It comes from the church. And if the church, if this church were to say that um, we, would like to, we would like for Joseph Jimbalvo to be authorized to baptize. That's all the authority he needs because this church has the authority, right? When I looked out our back window one day at home many, many years ago and I saw Mackenzie baptizing Josiah, I saw it. She had no authority to do that. When I, when I had my shoulder uh, surgery and I wasn't able to use it, I asked the church to authorize Jedediah to baptize. And he, he wasn't ordained, but he, he was too ordained. The church voted for him to do it. That means he is ordained. Not ordained to pastor, but ordained to do that job that the church selected. That's what ordination means. And this particular subject about baptizing and having to have what happened was there was a man I'm not going to give you his name but he was a man that was in the ministry full time that we were supporting and he had been saved and scripturally baptized but then he started hearing that if my baptism was not done by a man who had an ordination from a church that that baptism was not legitimate and he asked his church to rebaptize him. That's confusion if I ever heard it in my life. The church has the authority. Joseph, we're not going to vote on you, buddy. Deacons and pastors are chosen from among 
the membership of the church where they are members because they've proven themselves faithful, committed to the work of the Lord, and the church has all the authority that's necessary. And they're ordained by the vote of the congregation. And that's, that's all that's needed. And that's everything, because we, you know how I feel about the authority the Lord's given His churches. I believe the only organization or organism on the planet that has the authority, God-given authority, to do the work of the Lord is sound churches. That's God's plan. That's God's plan. So, that's, that's my take on ordination. Now, two things, I want to, we're going to do two things tonight. Um, one of them is, we're going to pray over these four men and uh, ask God to bless them in their ministry as they serve this church, as the church has chosen them to do so. But we're also going to vote on sending Jedediah out as a church planter. And because really it's the church, the church ought to do that. And I've been asked this numerous times by church members, you know, when, are we going to do anything about this? When are we going to do? And we just, we've had a lot going on in the last several months with, you know, all the things we're doing. But the church ought to authorize that. And it's not ordaining him as a pastor of that church because there is no church there. You can't, you can't be the pastor of a church without a but without have you can't be a pastor of a church or of church right but but we're, we're we're voting on him choosing him if the church votes to do that to be sent out from here as a church planting pastor who's going out to plant a church by the way if he would when the church is established there the only way he can become a pastor of that church is for the church that's there to vote on him as their pastor that just the way that's how it works here. We we vote on our we're not going to vote on a person to be a pastor of another church. That and so by the way, this is just kind of getting a little ahead of ourselves. But let's just say there's a group of people there, um, and they're saved people, scripturally baptized people. They're committed to the work, and they want to organize into a church. What they would do, the first order of business for that group of people would be is to organize with charter members, whatever that number is, and say, we, we are whatever the name of the church is. The second order of business for those church members would be to call a pastor. That's what churches call pastors. Not for another church, but for their own church. Does that make sense to you? And that's just kind of giving you some, some heads up on how I think it's supposed to work. I think we see it. I don't think Paul ordained these pastors. I think that Paul helped the church and led the church, and they voted on the man that was going to be their pastor. It's the way it's supposed to be. It's good, simple, not complicated. You know, it's like a lot of things. The hardest things for me sometimes to learn, that makes it's hard for me to learn things is unlearning the bad way that I learned it to begin with. And that happens sometimes.